setteth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Now this is our verse for tonight. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall see thee shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Amen. Now let's pray. Father, I do thank you for the time that we've been able to spend together in prayer. And I thank you for the opportunity that we have now to study your words. Uh, I ask that the Holy Spirit would help us uh, in interpreting uh, this portion of scripture and please i uh, grant to us the grace to apply your word uh, help us to make progress in our spiritual lives we ask uh, in jesus name and for jesus sake amen uh, do you know uh, any people who refuse to come to church or are completely disinterested in christianity because they have been treated poorly by christians or they have experienced firsthand the blatant inconsistencies and hypocrisies of professing Christians. You know, I'm sure uh, most of us have met such people. Uh, we know such people. You'll hear them say, you know, I'd never step foot in the church. They're a bunch of hypocrites. And uh, maybe you have been okay, in that situation yourself at one time or another. And it's a great shame when Christians repel people from Jesus and the church okay, when our testimonies are not the greatest and people use christians as their justification to reject christ okay th this is horrible okay, and you and i should be anxious to not have such a negative effect okay if, if our lives if our testimony is not consistent it can be quite detrimental now, when it comes to testimony, Demetrius, who is the focus of our text, he had an impeccable testimony. And there are three witnesses in this verse that defend the testimony of this man. But before we consider these three witnesses, I want to consider two questions about this man and his inclusion in this epistle. And question one, very simply, who is Demetrius? Now, we actually know very little to nothing about this guy outside of what is shared in this one verse. Okay, there is one other Demetrius in the Bible, and we meet him in Acts chapter 19. I'm not sure if you remember the story, but he was a silversmith, and he specialized in making idols for Diana. And it was quite a lucrative business, but sales had been impacted by the ministry of the Apostle Paul. People were forsaking Diana, embracing Christ, which resulted in less idols being made, which meant less cash. So Demetrius, he stirred up all of his fellow silversmiths, endeavoring to hinder Paul and the spread of the gospel simply to protect his cash flow. Now, what's interesting is that okay, in Acts 19, that, that all unfolded in Ephesus. And the apostle John, who wrote this epistle, passed it in Ephesus. So some scholars believe that it's the same guy, and that's quite the story. That's one that we hope to be true. There's some redemptive romance in such a dramatic turnaround, and yet there's not one shred of evidence to draw 
such a conclusion. Now, another attempt that some make to identify this man is to equate him with Demas. Demas is actually an abbreviated form of Demetrius, so Demas would be a nickname. And again, that would be quite the story. If you remember Demas, Demas had forsaken Paul because he loved this present world. And yet now John is speaking so glowingly of him. So again, we kind of hope for this to be true. It's a feel-good story. But again, we have no evidence to make such a connection. So we can't be certain of the exact identity of this man from the Bible. Now, there are some historical documents that claim that the Apostle John later appointed Demetrius to be the Bishop of Philadelphia, and that could be the case. But again, we don't know much for certain beyond what we're told in this particular verse. But what we do know is that he's known of John and is esteemed highly by the Apostle. Question number two, why is he included in this epistle? There needs to be a reason as to why this man is named in this epistle. Okay, what's the purpose of his inclusion? John's not just going to include some random guy for no reason. Now, a lot of scholars believe that Demetrius was the one entrusted to carry and deliver this particular epistle for the Apostle John. Okay, and again, we can't be 100% certain because this text, okay, nor does any other text, make such a claim. But it's certainly not beyond the realms of possibility. And in fact, I think it's probably likely that seems the most logical explanation for his inclusion in this epistle. If we remember, John has been addressing okay, the hospitality or the lack thereof that has been extended to the itinerant preachers. And in light of these issues, it would make sense to introduce and speak highly of the next itinerant preacher who was going to be sent by John, okay, none other than Demetrius. And if he was the courier, okay, a personal commendation is very appropriate. Because as one scholar argues in his work on first century letter writing, someone who specializes in that, he says that the letter carriers often played an active role in interpreting and explaining letters from people like Paul, Peter, and John. So if Demetrius was fulfilling such a role, it's important for Gaius, okay, that's who the letter's written to, be given reasons as to why he should listen to this man, okay, why he should trust this man, and hence we have this glowing commendation. Okay, so that's one suggestion as to why he's included in the letter. That's the one that I favor. Or it could be that Demetrius is another well-known figure in the churches that Gaius and Diostrophes were a part of. And Demetrius is merely put forward as a positive example okay, to, to counterbalance Diostrophes. So instead of following Diostrophes, Gaius is exhorted to follow Demetrius, to model himself on him. And that's also plausible. So although we can't be certain beyond a doubt, okay, some mystery does remain, I believe it's more likely that Demetrius is the carrier of this letter, and that he would be the next itinerant preacher sent by John, and hence he would be in need of hospitality. And someone of such great character is certainly worthy of being well received and should be listened to as he expounds and explains this particular letter from John. So that is probably how the inclusion of Demetrius fits into this epistle. 
So with that said, I'd like us to consider three witnesses that are presented to vouch for this man, Demetrius. And we will see how these three are required in our own lives if we are to have an effective testimony that draws people to Christ rather than repel people from Christ. So the first witness we see in the text is the general society. Okay, Demetrius hath a good report of all men. You know, if I was to ask somebody about you, perhaps it's someone you work with, or you live near, or you play sport with, or someone who you have some kind of interaction with you. If I was to ask them about you, uh, what would they say? Okay, what would they say about your character? Would they be surprised when I said, well, hey, I'm actually their pastor and they attend church? Okay, would, would that shock them? Okay, what is society's general perception of you? Okay, what would be the character assessment? I want you to notice that the general assessment of Demetrius uh, is actually outstanding. Okay. This is what those who knew him and interacted with him, both Christian and non-Christian alike, had to say. Demetrius hath a good report of all men. That's something worth striving for, isn't it? Okay? A good report amongst all men. If we were to conduct a poll, everybody spoke highly of Demetrius. Now, sure, not Everyone agreed with his Christian views that there would have been many who thought he was crazy in what he was preaching, but they couldn't question his character. He was consistent. He was a man of integrity. He wasn't hypocritical, and hence he was spoken of highly. Now, we don't know what his day-to-day life entailed, But allow me to use some poetic license and imagination to try and paint a picture and make it more relatable to you and I. So let's pretend that Demetrius is among us. Okay, his work colleagues, they notice how hard he works. He never slacks off. He's always on time. He doesn't speak negatively of the boss. He's always kind to others. He's not nasty and foul-mouthed like the other guys at work nor does he get involved in the crude humor. Now, those who are his next-door neighbors notice that he always treats his wife and children so tenderly. It's evident that he's involved in their lives and he loves them. He is not constantly yelling and screaming at them like other dads and husbands in the streets. And he's always faithful going off to church. Now, when he plays sport, those who are watching him, they would all say, well, Demetrius, he's not an over-competitive jerk like so many others. He doesn't blow up at the referee when things don't go his way. He doesn't have fits of rage like so many others. And if you were to check his social media, even there, he's controlled. He's consistent. He's he's not liking things that, that he shouldn't. He isn't harsh and brutal and condescending in his comments, and at church, he's kind and compassionate. He cares for others. He's involved in their lives. There's an obvious love for other people. And hopefully the picture is becoming clearer and is somewhat relatable. In every realm of life, Demetrius had a wonderful testimony. And he was very careful not to ruin it. Now, sure, he he wasn't perfect. No one except Jesus is perfect. But there was a consistency 
about his life. Okay? He didn't change from Sunday to Monday. Okay? I, I remember working with someone once, a non-Christian man. This is when I was building. And he started talking about someone who I knew. And this particular guy attended a church that my family attends. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I've never met someone that is so split personality. You meet him on Sunday and he's, you know, God bless you. You meet him on Monday and he's like, God curse you. Okay, you know, that, and that was what he said. And then he said to me, well, you know, what, what do you do? I said, well, I'm actually a Christian pastor. And, uh, and that got the, the conversation going. Thankfully, he didn't say that about me. Okay, but we can't be different from Sunday to Monday. Okay, we, we can't be different whether our fellow Christians are around or not. You know, Demetrius, he was the same, and hence he was spoken highly of by everybody. Now, the verb in verse 1 that's translated, hath good report, it's actually found in this verse three times in its varying forms. Now, this particular verb can be used uh, in different ways, but I think there is a connection. Okay, one way that this verb is used, it speaks of bearing witness or to testify, to, to give a testimony. It's used frequently of John the Baptist. Okay, John the Baptist's role was to bear witness that Jesus is the Christ. So it's about testifying that something is true. So that's one use of this verb. Now, a second use, okay, it's also used to speak of obtaining a good report. Okay, that's how it's used here. So people speaking highly and favorably of you. We, we would say having a good testimony amongst others. Okay, and I think we can put this together. Because when our character, when our integrity is highly spoken of by others, when our testimony is intact, this helps to show people the truthfulness of the gospel. Okay, now, it doesn't make the gospel or Christ real or true, because that's a settled fact no matter what we do. Okay, but it illustrates vividly their veracity. And hence, this is why we should be concerned about being well spoken of by everyone, because this then gives us credibility to share Christ. Okay, because if our testimony is an absolute joke, guess what's going to happen when we try and say something for Christ? They're going to, you're going to be kidding me. Okay, you're living like this, and now you want to talk to me about Jesus? Give me a break. I'm not interested. So we need to be ultra careful to maintain our testimony. And it's interesting with Demetrius, this verb, it's actually in the perfect tense. And this implies that this has been true of Demetrius for a long period of time, and it continues to be true. It's still valid. Okay, this wasn't something that used to be true. Okay, he used to have a wonderful testimony, but now it's been smashed to smithereens like a brick through glass. Not at all. Okay, his testimony is still strong. And this is why Gaius should receive him. This is why he should listen to him, because he has an impeccable testimony in the general society. Okay? He has a good testimony amongst Christians and non-Christians. There would be people everywhere who could vouch for the integrity and character of this man. And the application, I think, is somewhat obvious. Okay? How we live, how we treat others, our character integrity it all matters 
In fact, our testimony is one of our most valuable assets. Okay, it gives us credibility to share Christ with others. And we need to remember that as Christians, we are ambassadors for Christ. Okay? We are his representatives in this world. And hence, we need to represent him well. And of course, this is only possible with his enabling. Okay? We need his daily grace. But with that, it is possible. And hence, we need to be concerned about our testimony. Okay? And each and every day, in everything that we do, we ought to be seeking to preserve it and to strengthen it. Okay, the way that we live and how we treat others is a powerful apologetic. Now, thankfully, our God is so great that he can and does still work even when we make an absolute mess. Okay, God can work in spite of us. But nevertheless, we need to strive by God's enabling grace to have a good report amongst everybody. Okay, and remember that in our day-to-day lives, we are representing Jesus, okay, and your testimony can have a real impact on others. The second witness we find in the text is the truth itself. Verse 12, Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Now, the first witness was quite straightforward to understand. A good report amongst all men, that's quite an easy concept for us to grasp Intellectually, the challenge for us is ensuring that we do it. But the second witness is not as straightforward. Okay, what is meant by the good report of the truth? Okay, what is the truth referring to? Now, commentators offer varying explanations. Here are a few. Okay, some say that this is referring to Jesus himself. Remember John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so John 14, 6 declares that Jesus is the truth. And hence they argue that this should be translated the truth himself. So Demetrius had a good report with Jesus himself. Now others say that the truth is the spirit of truth. Because in 1 John 5, 6, John says, speaking of Jesus, and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. Okay, and in that verse, okay, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness about the true identity of Jesus. So, so the spirit is testifying that Jesus is the Christ. Okay, and this idea is read into our text. So, so the truth is speaking of the Holy Spirit And it means that the Holy Spirit inspires and confirms the testimony of those speaking highly of Demetrius. So that's option two. Option three. Some suggest that John simply means that the the evidence is so self-explanatory, it's so obvious, it's so well-known, it's so undeniable, it's so true that it doesn't need any human support or evidence to back up the claim. And then there's what I believe is the most likely interpretation, and this is the one that I will present to you, is that the truth is speaking of God's word. It's speaking of the gospel. So Demetrius lived a life in harmony with the scriptures. His life didn't contradict the message that he proclaimed. 
So the Bible could be the gauge, it could be the, the measuring stick. And when you looked at what the Bible said, okay, what the Bible says about how one should live, that was how Demetrius was living. So his life was consistent with the scriptures, not contradictory. And again, this is not saying that he did this perfectly, but if an assessment was conducted of his life, that the overall direction of his life was in harmony with the Bible. Okay, there was no blatant contradiction. Okay, that there was nothing where people could point the finger and say, hey, you know, he says this one thing, but he does the complete opposite. Okay, that there was sincerity. There was a lack of hypocrisy. Okay, and this is so important in our lives. I think particularly in the times right now where, where the Bible is becoming less and less prevalent in our society. People know less and less about it. But if we are living right, okay, we are illustrating through our lives what the Bible says and teaches. And, and that may be the closest a lot of people get to the Bible. Okay, and think about it. A lot of people don't know Jesus. Okay, they have very shallow and superficial understanding of him. But it's our task to share the real Jesus. Okay, we do this through our words. We share what the Bible says about Jesus, but also through our lives. Now, again, we are not Jesus and we fall short in every way imaginable. But our lives are at least to somewhat resemble what Jesus is like. Because we are called to be more and more like Christ. That is God's will for us. Okay, so, so we need to at least give people a, a small glimpse of what Jesus is like. Yeah, yes, it'll be imperfect, but that's our role as ambassadors. And it is so destructive if our lives are constantly out of harmony with the Bible and we live in a way that is so constantly unlike Jesus. Now, it would be like if, if you were famous and you were sponsored by Coca-Cola. Okay, the worst thing for you to do would be photographed drinking Pepsi over Coke. Worse still, if you were recorded bagging out Coke and praising Pepsi. That would be destructive to your role as ambassador for the Coca-Cola company. Now, more seriously, as Christians, we are the ambassadors of Christ. And hence, where to be like him. Yes, imperfectly, but there is to be some resemblance. And our lives need to be consistent with the scriptures. We can't be walking contradictions and have an impact for Christ. Now, John spoke glowingly of Demetrius because his life was in harmony with the truth of God's words. Okay, there was a Christ-likeness that was evident in his life. And it's this that we so desperately need in our lives. That's the second witness. Now, the third witness is the apostle himself. Again, verse 12, Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. Oh, the glowing commendation of Demetrius is finalized with the stamp of approval from the apostle John himself. Okay, he bears record. This is the same Greek word translated, okay, good report. So he testifies that this is true. 
He is a witness to verify the commonly held opinions of this man. And to have the signature of an apostle to verify your character and ministry was quite the commendation. You know, I'm sure in your field of expertise, there would be commendations that carry much more weight than others. You know, the one who is the world-renowned expert in your field, if you had his or her stamp of approval and had a glowing letter of commendation with their signature, that would be highly significant. Okay, that would carry much weight. You know, imagine if I wrote you a letter declaring that you are the best soccer player I have ever seen. Okay, signed, Brennan Fisher. Now, if you had the exact same letter, but it was signed by Lionel Messi, one letter of commendation is going to carry much more weight than another. Okay, and it's not mine, just so you know that. Um, and you know, this is, what this, this is what it's like in this scenario. Okay, here's John. John's an apostle. John bore apostolic authority. His opinion mattered. It carried great weight. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he gave his stamp of approval for Demetrius. And remember, Demetrius is a real guy. That must have been very special for this man to have the support of someone like John behind him. That that the apostle was able to entrust the ministry to him. Now, how could we apply this? Okay, well, here is one lesson. Okay, you need to be the type of person that the pastors of this church can easily give the stamp of approval to you. Now, it's true we're not apostles. Okay, I'm not claiming apostolic authority. We don't believe in apostolic succession. And yet, the principle applies. Okay, can we as pastors confidently put your name forward as someone who we believe will represent the Lord well, You are the type of person that we have observed to be a man or woman of integrity, and we are watching, and that you are consistent. Our stamp of approval certainly isn't like the apostles, and yet it is something that we should be striving for in the local church. To be a person of character that that the leaders can confidently put you forward and instantly give their stamp of approval. Are you that type? of person when this stamp of approval must have encouraged demetrius as i've mentioned and it must have also been very helpful for gaius it further confirmed in his mind that he needed to extend hospitality to demetrius and furthermore the connection may have been made in his mind that he needs to imitate demetrius rather than the troublesome diostrophes that john had warned him about in the previous verses. So there are uh, the three witnesses. Uh, and it's evident that Demetrius had an impeccable testimony. Okay, it was a testimony that would draw people to Christ rather than turn them off Christ. Okay, and that is the simple and yet sharp point that I want us to think about. Okay, that this is the point for us to meditate on. What does our life say about Jesus? Can people see Jesus in you? How is your testimony? If I was to arrive at your work tomorrow, told them who I were, would those you work with, would they be surprised when I said, you're a Christian? You know, are you 
the hypocrite that people use as an excuse to stay away from Jesus and the church is like, man, I'll never step foot in a church because Brendan is such a hypocrite. You know, is your life generally consistent or inconsistent with the gospel? My friend, please understand how we live matters. And here's the encouragement. We can have a real impact on people by living well. And understand other people are watching. Okay, they are. And sure, we won't be perfect. But with the enabling grace of God, we can live a life that is different. And we can live a life that makes others pay attention and ask questions. And there's something different about that person. And it may take a long time before they ever ask you that question. But when something happens in their life and they don't know what to do, guess who they'll end up turning to? It'll be, ah, there's that weird Christian Brandon that I worked with for a long period of time. I'm going to have a chat to him. And it might take years, but you're not going to get that conversation if you're not living well. You know, we all can and we all should be caring about our testimony. And as we depart, as we live our lives, may those around us be able to see Jesus in us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you uh, for what you've recorded in your word uh, about uh, Demetrius. Uh, Lord, this is a man that, uh, that cared about his testimony and strived uh, to, to be like Christ. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you would help each and every one of us uh, to have that same desire. Please help us each and every day to be more and more like Christ. Help us to have uh, a wonderful testimony in our varying uh, spheres of influence. Lord, please help us to not only hear that which uh, was spoken about tonight, but help us to be doers of the word uh, as well as you instruct us to. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.